0: Good evening. The midterm election is coming up on Tuesday, November 8th. This week, Mendocino County voters received their official ballots in the mail. On September 26th, the Mendocino Women's Political Coalition, American Association of University Women, and the Mendocino Voice newspaper co-sponsored a Ukiah City Council Candidates Forum. Tonight, as part of KZYX's local election coverage, we will broadcast an hour-long excerpt of the forum. There are five candidates running to fill three seats on the Ukiah City Council. Incumbents Juan Orozco, Mari Roden, and Jim Brown are all running to keep the seats they now occupy, and challengers Susan Schur and Tao Fee are newcomers running to replace them. The moderator of the forum is Wendy DeWitt. The candidates' forum lasted almost 90 minutes and began with opening statements, then went on to questions from the sponsors, and then opened up for questions from the audience. We'll run about 55 minutes covering a range of topics. You can find video of the entire forum, including discussions of the local ballot measures at the beginning of the event, at Mendocino Voices' YouTube page. We'll also post this and our other local election coverage at our website, kzyx.org. Here now is an excerpt of the Ukiah City Council Candidates Forum, starting with opening statements from the candidates.
1: Thank you so much for coming tonight. We'll start with Mr. Jim Brown.
2: Thank you. Thanks everybody for coming tonight. It's a great opportunity to uh, meet the candidates who are running for the City Council. My name is uh, Jim Brown. Most people recognize me as Jim O. Brown. Um, I'm a Ukiah-born, U- U- Ukiah High School graduate, lived here all my life. I have a love for Ukiah. Um, probably started when I was romping through the creek across the street from my house, and I continued to romp through that same creek um, in the house I grew up in. Since being elected in uh, 20, 000, 2014, I have found an importance it is to have a strong economic growth in Ukiah. Strong economic growth promotes a healthy community, strong public safety, a sound infrastructure, as you have witnessed with all the streets that are being repaired around the the town, the undergrounding of wiring, and also promotes a vibrant recreational opportunities, especially for our youth, our youth are available to play any sport almost year round. And we have many scholarships for those who are disadvantaged and can't afford to participate in those sports. I'm on many standing committees and ad hocs. Um, I was very involved in the uh, fire authority merger, very involved in the marijuana legislation process that we now operate the city under. I'm very active in the water consolidation project we're presently going through. Active in the annexation of Ukiah, which I think is a huge deal for the entire Ukiah Valley. Instrumental in solving the sanitation sewer district lawsuit ordeal. And I'm presently actively involved in the selection of the new police chief. I'm very, very proud of uh, being a strong supporter of the city's diversity and equity committee. I believe they do a great job. And I think the city has done a better service to the community promoting opportunity for all individuals and groups. There are many complex issues facing the city right now. A lot of decisions need to be made Institutional knowledge, I think, is vitally important at this point to promote the positive growth of the Ukiah Valley. And I would uh, welcome your vote on November 8th. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Jim Brown. Juana Roscoe.
2: Thank you.
3: Good evening, everyone. Um, I don't think I've ever seen so many people before in a regular <laughs> city council meeting. This is great. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, uh, most of you already know me uh, you know, for the four years that I've been in the council, but uh, I uh, moved to Ukiah in 97 uh, from the Anderson Valley area. I lived in the county for a little bit over 40 years. Um, I moved in uh, you know, from Mexico without knowing a word in English as an adult already, uh, but I learned it. And, and got an education here, um, and here I am uh, in, in politics now. Um, I, I I'm actually in education. Uh, got a teaching credential uh, uh, permit, and that's what I do. I teach um, middle school and high school students at our juvenile hall uh, here in Ukiah. Uh, and uh, so I, I wanted to get into politics because there's very little representation of Latinos in in our in our city. Um, and I wanted to encourage others that uh, they may be in a better position to to uh, take on those roles of leadership for uh, for their communities, uh, as they um, as as I'm speaking of Latinos, they have been born and raised here. They may be in a better position uh, to do that, and just to, to show that they they can they can also do it even better than some of us. that have come way later in their lives uh, around here, but. Um, I just want to say that uh you know for the four years that I've been in the council uh, I feel that there's a better representation uh of the of the residents that we have in our city uh, in a better represent- representation of the city council and um if we want to keep it that way if um, you know if possible uh so i, I, I don't, we don't want to go backwards you, you know uh, uh if possible uh keep going forward uh with the uh, uh representation that that we need to have in the council, um, and and so uh, Mr. Brown mentioned the uh, diversity and equity uh, committee that we have in the city. I'm very proud of to be part of, to be a member of that committee, and um, and to, to make sure that we have the uh, representation, and also to encourage people to a um, uh, uh, diverse group of people to be employees of the city and and have those roles that that everyone else enjoys having as well. Um, and it's it's very important for a uh, for a for our community, for the, the economy, to be open to everyone uh, being part of, of, this, um, of this experience. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Juana Roscoe. <clears throat> Mari Roden.
4: Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming out. I love you, It's been my home for 31 years. This amazing community has been a gift providing the village in which I've raised two smart, hardworking, kind sons. I've started a grant writing business that has brought in over $100 million in funds to Mendocino County for programs ranging from violence prevention to homeless services to economic development. I've served a total of 13 years on Ukiah City Council, not all consecutive. This experience gives me in-depth knowledge of city operations, staff, issues, and importantly, knowledge of how best to move policy issues through the council process. We need proven leaders on our city council, individuals with a vision for the future and the ability to get us there. I'm honored, truly, I really am honored to be serving as one of your city council members. It would be a privilege to continue serving you. Thank you,
1: Susan Sure.
5: Good evening. My name is Susan Sure, and I want to just first thank you, thank MWPC for organizing this. Thank you all for coming. I've lived in Ukiah for forty years, and I love this city. I love its unpretentious, friendly, down-home atmosphere. Its beautiful physical surroundings and it's increasing diversity. I've lived in the same neighborhood for decades and I raised my child here. I've been very involved in local climate actions to encourage bold new solutions instead of business as usual approaches. There can be no denying that climate change is happening before our very eyes. We see increasingly higher temperatures, We live with the constant fear of fire ravaging our homes and communities, so we need to be less dependent on fossil fuels that are heating the planet. Our city government can play a a vital role in developing more forms of clean, renewable energy. I'm also interested in preserving our neighborhoods. All of our neighborhoods should be nurtured as attractive places for our children to grow and for all of us to feel safe. Our neighborhoods need more green spaces for walking, bicycling, and playing. We don't need them to be thoroughfares for speeding vehicles. I've spent many years organizing and advocating for my own neighborhood, the Wagon Cellar neighborhood in the Northeast corner of the city. Wagon Cellar is a diverse and vibrant neighborhood, but it's been sadly neglected by the city of Ukiah. And that situation prompted me to make changes. There are so many crucial issues that require a council that's paying attention and finding creative solutions, like housing for all income levels, including the unhoused, restoring trust between our police and our community, annexing and expanding our city boundaries with thoughtful planning, just to name a few. So, I worked as an attorney for 30 years representing workers in employment discrimination cases. I now work as a mediator where I assist parties in resolving disputes. That work has trained me to listen carefully and digest lots of information. I often observe City Council meetings and I see how important decisions are sometimes made with little discussion. It is possible for council members and staff to have congenial relationships while at the same time engage in thoughtful debate. In fact, democracy requires that. I'm not afraid to ask tough questions and I'll bring badly needed energy, vitality, and skills to the council. My name is Susan Schur, thank you.
1: Thank you, Susan Sure, Tao Phi.
6: Good evening, everyone. My name is Tao Phi, and I am a first-time candidate for Ukiah City Council. I am a county analyst and have been living in Mendocino County for nine years. I have a master's in organization and leadership with over a decade of experience in education. My work has been in a variety of roles and settings, including public, private, not-for-profit and for-profit institutions. When I first moved to Ukiah nine years ago, I spent a lot of time at Black Oak trying to get to know townies and understand what's going on in the local scene. I became good friends with someone who's lived in Mendocino County for over 50 years and would hear stories about the local politics. My friend emphasized the importance of local politics and the impact it would have in the world around me. And that is what's greatly influenced me to get involved. I think it's time for younger generations to have a seat at the table, to form a multi-generational council and to serve the community. (laughs) Oh, sorry. As sorry, <laughs> as a renter, I want to advocate for the availability of affordable housing and how affordable housing affects workforce development of Ukiah and the homelessness situation. As an educator, I want to emphasize, um, I want to invest in our youth. Investing in our youth's education um, activities and growth opportunities will benefit the community many times over. And as someone who loves the natural beauty of Ukiah, I would love to understand how we utilize our outdoor spaces, including parks and rec, and and with uh, with consideration to those who walk and bike as well. While I would love to help serve the community, I'm also genuinely interested in learning the ins and outs of civil service and infrastructure. I hope to be of service to the city and people of Ukiah. Thank you.
1: What is your plan for addressing housing in Ukiah?
3: Thank you. Um, uh, so housing, definitely. I mean, we need, need more. Uh, I'm glad to say that uh, our city of Ukiah is one one of the one of the cities that is in in better positions in terms of um, housing as as opposed to other cities in in our in our state. Uh, so we're doing pretty good considering. Um, you know the situation with funding for housing, but um, I, I keep voicing my concerns in terms of uh, building housing and then not having people that qualify for housing. Uh, we've had that situation several uh, times with some of the housing that has been uh, available for people and not getting those um, those uh, uh, apartments filled because people are not qualifying, and then we have to open it to whoever. Uh, can, can um, apply or whoever hears first, I guess, to, to apply. And that's not a really good way to go about because there are some people that they hear about those things first before others. Um, you know, the people that don't know uh, would hear last. So the
1: questioning will work since there is an opportunity for rebuttal, each candidate will be asked the question. And then if there is a rebuttal to one of the other comments, then we'll start on that round. So continuing with Mari Roden.
4: Well, I wanna just uh, congratulate the city of Ukiah for being one of like eight or 13 cities in the whole state that has met its goals for low and moderate, or or it's maybe it's very low and low income housing. But obviously we need housing for middle income and upper income, we need the whole entire range. And the city of Ukiah has been working on that. We um, have gotten some CDBG grants, that's um, community development block grant uh, funding for to help first time home buyers. Um, we also, our community development director, Craig Schlatter and other community development directors from the other um, cities in the county, so Fort Bragg, Willits and Point Arena, they organized a symposium and um, we were talking about, Policies that um, could be implemented on a countywide basis to help uh, encourage the development of more housing um, you know the, and also there's the housing uh, advisor, what is it the hat team the
5: house, oh I'm done.
1: Thank okay. you yeah okay. <laughs> uh, continuing with Susan sure. Well,
5: obviously, we need housing for all income levels. We hear stories on and on about professionals, particularly in the medical profession, who can't find housing. So we need housing for low and very low income as well as highly paid professionals. I would also like to see any new housing incorporate energy, clean energy saving features that would be for heating and cooling or um, air um, condition, water heaters. And I, I don't see that happening with the new housing that's being constructed. We also see a lot of empty and blighted buildings, commercial buildings. We can get creative and uh, transform those buildings into residential dwellings. I know rent control is very controversial, but I just wanna put a little pitch in. I've been walking around talking to a lot of residents and I hear constantly low income or, or blue collar workers are terrified they're going to get a 10 or 20% rent increase. So I'd like to see some moderate rent
1: control. Thank you. And Tawafi.
6: Echoing what Mari and Susan said, I agree that housing needs to be addressed at all levels, low income, middle income, and high income, to attract more professionals to come into the city of Ukiah and to have somewhere to be able to live. I see with younger generations, they're interested in cooperative style living. So looking into how we can use our land to build more uh, communal style living. The land annexation is going on within Ukaya to expand how much space we have so we're able to build. And then I'm also hearing that with the land that's available and this, the land that's available and the resources that are available, communicating with the community so that they know they're eligible for first time loans and that they know that there is a housing available for them, thank you.
1: So this next round will be for a specific rebuttal to the comment by another candidate. Did did I, oh, right, I'm sorry, yes, Jim,
2: yes. Jim Brown. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, and thank you for the question. So, and I, I concur with all, all the other ca- candidates. We do have a, a, a real need for affordable housing. But um, one thing that's paramount is that we are getting ready to adopt a 2040 general plan, and that is going to address the housing needs. And once we get that general plan adopted, it makes Ukiah eligible for many more grants, such as Mar- um represented regarding CBDG and low income housing, senior housing and um, housing at, at all levels. Um, so another thing that the city council has adopted is density levels in the housing projects at the front presently building. We, we've approved higher density so we can build more units. Senior housing, we have found results in opening up the housing market. When, when seniors age out, they go to the senior housing, some of those homes become available. So it's a, it's a very complex issue, but uh, the city has worked very, very hard on it.
1: Thank you, Jim Brown. And my apologies.
0: You're listening to a Candidates Forum for the Ukiah City Council candidates that took place live at the Ukiah City Council Chambers on September 26th. There are five candidates vying for three seats on the council, incumbents Juan Orozco, Mari Roden, and Jim Brown, and challengers Susan Schur and Tao Fee. To the next question. And this will start off
1: with Mari Rodin. How can you enhance our water resources to plan for future drought?
4: The city of Ukiah is, uh, has been very forward thinking on this issue by developing wells um, that tap into the groundwater, which is immensely abundant in the Ukiah Valley. So um, we, we have that and we don't really need to enhance it because when we use uh, water from our wells, which we have been doing in this drought, especially last year, um, it, you know, the wells, um, you know, the water level goes up overnight. So um, I talked to Sean White about that and we're using you know, a fraction of what's in our aquifer and then it replenishes almost immediately, even during drought times. The other thing of course, is the Potter Valley project. We have to ensure um, that water keeps flowing through the tunnel to um, supply enough water for um, agricultural uses. And then of course, expanding our recycled water resource uh, project here in the city of Ukiah.
1: Thank you, Mari Roden. Susan sure.
5: Well, I think it's great that we have uh, sufficient well water. It sounds like our water managers done a great job in making that available. I am concerned, though, that there's not any message going out that water is a finite resource. And I have neighbors across the street from me who like clockwork every other night, put their sprinklers on to make their front lawn look like a golf course. And it seems really tragic. That's what we're using water for. So i would like to see the city take a more forward-thinking approach and actually encourage water conservation even though we have lots of well water i was interested in where the purple pipe water is going i couldn't find anything on the city's website i understand the pipes are in but the infrastructure has not been completed so i don't maybe someone can educate me i don't know if the golf courses and landscaping is using Purple pipe water or fresh water?
6: I hope it's not fresh water. It sounds like the purple pipe project is going very well. I read recently with 220 220 million gallons of water that's come in this year. So looking at how we can expand that project, I was reading recently that there's been a recycled water facility that recently opened. So checking in how that's going, that is for trucks and private citizens to use. So how are we communicating with the community that there is available recycled water to be used? Also that recently there, are, there was voluntary water rights, um, an agreement between the upper, upper Russian River and those who are using the water rights. So expanding our mutual aid, where else can we look for voluntary water rights usage and share that with our local community? Kathy, Jim Brown.
2: underneath the Ukiah Valley. Um, It's also very fortunate that we we have completed phase three of four phases of the recycled water project. Phase four, we're hopefully gonna be receiving funding within the next couple of months that recycled water is right now being used strictly for agriculture. And and there are some trucks that truck it out, um, but mostly for agriculture use right now. It it will not be used for potable water, I would really like to see Coyote Dam get raised. I think that's a real viable solution. It would double the size of Lake Mendocino. We also have to be very concerned about the Potter Valley um, project and that they do not tear down Scott Dam. Um, At least if they do, they need to have a solution to where that water is gonna come from. We need more stakeholders further down the Russian river to support us in the Potter Valley Protection project.
1: Juan uh, Orozco.
3: Yeah, thank you. Um, as my uh, counterparts explained about uh, the, water, the use of water for the for the um, for the city, the, the recycled water um, that um, I know hasn't gotten to to, uh, uh, to to use it for the golf course and the uh, public parks, but uh, eventually um, that's the plan to have uh, have um right now has been used for agriculture purposes and what it, what it will eventually do is replenish um recharge our water water table for the water that we're presently using and um, getting out of our wells that we have um so we have plenty of water and and um so we don't worry too much about it now um you know if it keeps raining um even a little bit that is that, that is raining, we have plenty of water, but I'm also a member of the uh, Inland Water um, uh, Power Commission. Um, and, and there we fight for the rights to have the rights to our water in the Power Valley project to keep pumping the water over to the Russian River.
1: Beginning this time with Susan Schur, what are your ideas about the homeless situation in our community? Oh boy, in one minute. (laughs)
5: Um, You know, the first thing I wanna say is I know the housing first model is rather controversial and there are some advocates who argue that we should be providing housing even if people are not clean and sober. And then other people argue that there should be a requirement if if you're gonna address the whole picture, people need to be treated for substance abuse and mental health issues at the same time. I'm somewhere in between. Um, I know wraparound services uh, that are, you know, cost a lot of money. There should be, I understand, a lot of money pouring in from the state for more homeless services. I hope that will filter down to us. Uh, I'm I'm interested in what's going to happen with the care courts, which is uh, a new branch of the judicial system to get folks with serious mental health and addiction issues into treatment. I'd also like to see the city establish city-run RV park. So RVs are not parked without services in residential neighborhoods and wreaking havoc. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Susan Schurk and Taofi.
6: I know the city and its local resources has put in a lot of care, the uh, care for the homelessness. There's the continuum of care, continuum of care which is a strategic plan. Uh, homelessness is deep rooted in substance abuse and mental health among, many of, among some of the many complicated issues. So continuing to partner up with the city police and the county agencies which serve those needs. Um, and looking at the homeless shelters and programs that we do have in town so that we consolidate our resources and that we're reducing inefficiencies. In addition to that, getting to know our homeless population because they are still part of our community and treating them as humans to understand what their actual needs are so we can work together. We've put in so many resources, is it getting better? Let's talk to the people on the street to get a clearer idea.
1: Thank you, Tuffy. Jim Brown. Thank
2: i not going to go away. We're going to have a certain level of homelessness no matter what we do. So what we need to do is address those people who will accept help. Most of the time, that's addressing their mental health issues. And we have those resources. We know how to address mental health issues. If we can help those people get through their mental health crises and then provide them adequate housing, that's going to reduce our homelessness. I think that's our, that's our best hope. I know that the Continuum of Care does a pretty good job in trying to get a handle on what's going on with. The mental health issues and the homeless issues, um, but I would like to see us address the opioid opioid crises, the fentanyl crises, address the home address the mental health issues, and in turn that will help resolve a lot of the homeless issues. There's a percentage of those homeless people that are not going to change; they prefer to be homeless.
3: Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jim Brown. Juan Roscoe.
3: Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. Uh, everyone uh, is going to have different needs, and um, uh, I'm happy that uh, that the state has passed legislature on the uh, care court uh, programs. That eventually uh, it will trickle down to getting some support, getting some help, and um, for services for uh, for the homeless. Um, I do believe that many of the people that are homeless um, are. Uh, you know, if given the opportunity and the proper training and support, they could they could work, get a job. But it's really difficult when if especially if you have children, uh, that you um that you might have lost because you can't have them out in the streets, you had to work on that first and, and drug addictions as well. So there's really uh many, many needs. Um and and you would just need more services and, and really focus those services on, on the people at their at their level, at their uh, individual situations that they have.
1: Mary Roden.
4: The homelessness uh, issue isn't gonna be solved by a city or even a state. I think it's a nationwide problem that is has to do with mental health, service availability, addiction, service availability, and of course, poverty. Um, and we have to keep uh, working collaboratively with the county, especially the Department of Social Services um, we have a program, the city is we have a program with the Department of Social Services where by if a police officer um, is uh, comes in contact with a, a home homeless individual or somebody having a mental health issue they can call in a social worker who will come and defuse the issue and so we need to keep promoting that make sure that we have enough of those social workers um, on hand. Also I hope we can do another project home key which was, um, the effort to turn a hotel into a residential um, space for many, many homeless people, and there's a huge waiting list. So we need to do more of that. Um, I like Susan Scher's idea of a mobile home park, with but I think those would have to have services affi- associated with them, not just the parking lot. And then finally, prevention. I mean, most of the homeless people in um, this area are, are homegrown and we need to get upstream Thank services. You.
1: What would you do to mitigate climate change and protect our environment? And this will start with Taufey.
6: I saw that the city of Ukiah recently passed a climate emergency resolution, 2022. And that in itself has a lot of really great ideas to build off of. So some of the, the ideas that stood out to me, increasing renewable power production and storage. So having more resources for electric. Um, Installing energy efficient lighting. Other areas that resonate with me is being green. So making Ukiah more walkable and bikeable so that uh, promotes less vehicle usage. Doing better with our Great Redwood Trail. Um, Reducing fire hazards by keeping keeping fuel vegetation cleared out. Um, Tree management, planting more trees in the city. Eliminating pesticides. So those are a few, supporting our Ukiah Valley Fire Authority with Measure P. So those are a few different ideas to contribute to climate change.
1: Thank you, Taofi. Jim Brown.
2: Our, our Climate Emergency Resolution did address a lot of the issues. And and, and thank you um, for, for mentioning most of the things that are in that resolution, you're, you're right on. And hopefully we can practice those you know, as what's practical for the for the city. But in, in addition, I'm hoping that I'm uh, looking at an alternative green power. I mean, one of the reasons that I really supported acquisition of the Western Hills was that maybe someday that we could put wind power up there or solar panels up there to help power the city of Ukiah. um We are making a move um, to get electric vehicles on the roads in all of our departments. Um, it's a little tough right now because. Really, electrical electric vehicles are not that readily available, but um, I assure you, the city takes climate change very seriously, and we we'll be taking whatever action we can to eliminate fossil fuels.
1: Thank you, Jim Brown, Juan Roscoe.
3: Thank you. Um, that's one of my, um, you know, most important things that I that I that I look at. Probably second, water is one. The first. Uh, but uh, climate change definitely, and I, um, um, I want to see more people, uh, if 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 they can, you know, uh, purchase vehicles that are electric vehicles. We need to have um, more, plant more trees, um, and uh, alternative uh, energy production uh, that is not, you know, fossil fuel, um, and uh, you know, just in general, uh, have a better. A healthier community by uh, reducing the use of fossil fuels. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Juan Roscoe, Maria Roden. Well, I'm I'm really
4: proud that we the City Council passed the climate emergency resolution recently, and I want to stay on top of all the implementation measures that are that are in it. Um, we also just a few months ago passed. Um, well, it, it's the ability for City of Ukiah residents to. Uh, Use one hundred percent green energy, electric energy, um, and you can choose to do that. It's maybe ten dollars more every month to do that, so that's a benefit. My passion, however, I want to save my twenty-two seconds I have left on um, my passion, which is complete streets, and that has to do with um, you know making streets, which are public space, they aren't just for car owners, but making them accessible and safe for all users of all ages and whether or not they're on bicycles or, or pedestrians, that we should have wider sidewalks. We need to have wide, safe bike lanes and see children riding to school so that it really is inviting to get out of our cars and,
5: um, and enjoy our community. Thank you, Mary Roden, Susan Scher. And so I couldn't agree more. As an active member of a local group called Climate Action Mendocino, I actually drafted the first, or I wrote the first draft of the climate emergency resolution. And we modeled it after a bunch of Sonoma County cities, but we also attached action items, which a lot of those cities did not have. So it gives the city a great blueprint. There are four pages of action items. Some of them are aspirational, but others are very doable. And I'd like to see any future public works projects be filtered through the lens of the climate emergency declaration. I've seen, unfortunately, since the council passed it, there have been some public works projects that were a little bit iffy about whether or not they're actually following the climate emergency declaration. And, you know, when you look at climate, we have to address the the underlying cause, which is primarily fossil fuel emissions, with dealing with the effects of climate change at the same time, like Measure P. So we need to be ready for fires.
0: You're listening to a Candidates Forum for the Ukiah City Council candidates that took place live at the Ukiah City Council Chambers on September 26th. There are five candidates vying for three seats on the council, incumbents Juan Orozco, Mari Roden, and Jim Brown, and challengers Susan Schur and Tao Fee. The election is November eighth. Should our city
1: limits be expanded? Please support your answer with why. This will begin with Juana Roscoe.
3: Thank you. Um, I have spoken to um, several residents that live both in the north end of town and south end of town, um, and they do they do uh, say they would want to be uh, uh, um, annexed to the city of Ukiah. For several reasons, um, they one they 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 think they are. They already believe they are. Uh, there's they, it, it's hard to see any any difference from one side or the other. But um, uh, the other the other um, situation that they are in that, that is um, difficult for them is to um, to have services that uh, that us in the city of Kaya enjoy, uh, and they they want to, uh, to be able to have those services as well. Uh, and 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 of course, the more numbers we have in the city, their 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 voice. They feel that their voice will count more by being part of the city of Ukiah.
1: Thank you, Juan Arisco. Mari Roden.
4: This is an incredibly complex issue, and I it's one of my favorite issues, land use. Um, so I'm going to try and squeeze in a few reasons. First of all, I absolutely support annexation and the expansion of the city limits, and one of the reasons for that is that. Um, like we were saying earlier, the city limits has only 16,000 people, but there are about 40,000 people who come into the city to work and shop and go to school and they have impacts on our city. And yet we don't get to collect property tax from those people. So if the city is bigger, it helps fund the services that, that all these people who come into our city rely on. Okay, so that's one. Another is that we all feel like we're part of the same community, like Juan was saying you know, people who live over by the high school, but outside the city limits, or even in Calpella, they feel like they live in Ukiah. Um, and they, they have the same vision for what the Ukiah Valley is, but the county uh, has different standards for development than the city does. So, so we want a unified community. We need to be one.
1: Thank you, Marty Redden. We need more time too. Got to really think it through. Susan, sure.
5: Well, I'm going to take a very micro approach. I I live where I live in the Wagon Cellar neighborhood is just on the border of the Brush Tree Triangle, which is one of the areas considered to be annexed. And I'm very concerned that it could be just piecemeal development instead of an overview. And so far, there's just been spotty. There's a a storage facility and there's some housing. And you know, it, it could be a mess if we don't have a a great comprehensive overview of what's gonna happen to that area. I'm also very concerned about the amount of traffic pouring. This is for my own selfish reasons, but if any of you know the saga of the Or Street Bridge, which I won't get into, there's not nearly enough time But there could be a lot of traffic pouring in from development in the Bush Tree Triangle to the surrounding neighborhoods in the Northeast corner, people going into the Pear Tree Shopping Center. So it really behooves us to take this very slowly.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Susan Schur. Chaufi.
6: I would say yes to the land annexation, not that I have terribly new information to contribute than the other candidates have, but looking at the city, is it growing at a rate that it can support? So it seems yes, would be good in terms of consolidation of resources and taxing, and that there would be more space and land available, both for housing and just for other resources. But looking at the city and understanding if it is, if the places it is looking to get annexed are, will, uh, we will be able to support the growth there and issues such as traffic, for example.
2: Thank you, Tafi. Jim Brown. So Ukiah is almost built out. We are pretty much all at our city limits right now. Annexation is crucial to Ukiah. One thing annexation will do, it will control sprawl. We will be able to protect our open spaces by controlling where we build and and use smart growth. We will be able to expand our municipalities, our water, our sewer, and our electricity to these hours and have a a much more robust municipality system. I really believe that annexation, especially 20 years down the road, is gonna be very vital for the economic growth of Ukiah, keeping Ukiah a very robust, vibrant city. It will attract many more businesses, many more restaurants, much more retail. And we have housing develops that are on the the peripheral of, of being built that will support annexation as, as as I envision it, it, it it's, a, it's a big deal. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jim Brown. Okay, we've got a lot of questions from the attendees this evening. The first one is pretty complicated. This will start with Mario Roden and it concerns the police department. There's been scandals involving our police department. What is the city council's role in the selection of our officers and what can be done to mitigate what's going on? Well, we've had a, a few bad apples, but that
4: doesn't mean that the whole barrel is spoiled, first of all. Second of all, I'm happy to say that we have an ad hoc uh, committee. Um, Council Member Brown and I are on the committee and we uh, that is uh, gonna oversee the process of hiring. And this is gonna be a process that is involving um, stakeholders from the community, and it's gonna be open, transparent, and we are gonna wind up with a police chief that everybody can support and be proud
1: of. I'm sure of it. Thank you, Maria Roden, Susan Schurk? Well,
5: I think the police chief is one aspect, and I'm glad to hear he or she will be vetted very carefully, but there seems to be a systemic problem with the entire department that we've had so many credible accusations of sex harassment and sexual assault. This is not, I know this happens in some departments, but this is really horrific. And I I don't really wanna comment on the Sergeant Murray situation. We don't have all the facts, but I think it is a little suspicious that a former police officer is getting such a great deal from the criminal justice system. It seems like there's a problem with the internal affairs that, you know, we have skyrocketing litigation costs. There have been several very large settlements and we, we as the residents are paying for these. We're gonna have increased insurance premiums. Um, so I think there should be a better process for resolving citizen complaints. And um, I, I volunteered for several years on the San Francisco Department of Police Accountability.
1: Thank you, Susan. Sure. <laughs>
6: For the city police, I think there is a need to understand what's going on. So, for example, actually getting feedback on other police officers. How is their experience working with the city of Ukiah police? Getting feedback from the people who use police services. That's one way of just understanding what's currently going on, because we have to work with what we have with the city of police. We're not just going to wipe them all out. So, in understanding and working with them better, we also want to look at how can we make our Ukiah citizens feel safe again? that's who the city of police are serving. They're serving the people. So what can we learn about what's currently going on inside the city of police? How can we vet for police officers who really understand the city of Ukiah's needs and show that they actually care about the people that they're supposed to be serving?
1: Thank you, Tafi. Jim Brown?
2: Well, what a tragic set of events that we've gone through regarding our police department recently. And it's, it, it, it's sad, but we do have a lot of good people working for a police department, as, as, as Mari mentioned, and we are gonna be doing our due diligence to hiring the best police chief we can for this community. We have identified numerous stakeholders in the community that our um, ad hoc committee is working with the hiring committee that we'd we'll be reaching out and, and asking them, what do you want in a police chief? What's good for your community? And we are gonna take all that information and we are going to make the best hire that we possibly can. We will change the culture of our police department. A few bad apples did wreck this bushel and it's being pointed out in the media and in the newspapers every day. Unfortunately, too many people believe that as that's the gospel for the whole department, it's not. We're gonna change it, we're gonna make it good.
3: We love our community, we're gonna keep you safe.
1: Thank you, Jim Brown,
3: Juan Roscoe. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just sad. Or it's embarrassing, uh, and and we really need. I'm really glad that we have a diversity and equity committee now that has been asked to also uh, represent uh, that uh, that committee in the hiring uh, of, a, uh, of a police chief. Um, and so that's a result of having a diversity and equity committee that we have someone that represents the several groups that are represented in that committee, which are about nine. Different ethnic groups, not all ethnic groups, but uh, age groups and, and and special needs groups that are represented. And we chose one person that will be uh, part of that hiring committee. And really glad I'm really hopeful that we will do a better job at at, uh, at picking the right person.
1: Thank you, Juan Roscoe. Starting with Susan, sure. What are your top three priorities? Well, that's a great question. Um,
5: I would say climate change is up there. I don't know, well, it's hard to say climate change should not be the top priority. I'd like to see the city have more solar arrays with backup battery storage. I'd like to see more emphasis on walkability and safe streets. And as we talked about using the climate emergency uh, resolution to weigh the value of public works projects, the police department certainly is huge because I think it's tainted our attitude towards safety and, um, and equity. Um, and also I think um, the issue, an overarching issue of transparency is really crucial. I've noticed the city has not done a very good job of explaining public works projects to the residents it's actually affecting I've had in my chats with potential voters, people don't
1: know when. Uh... Thank you, Susan Sure. Taufey.
6: <laughs> okay, my priorities of uh, being a city council member would be, well, affordable housing is a big complex issue to address. So really it's, I'm going to sum it down to workforce development and economic development in Ukiah, since housing can't be addressed all at once, but we want to see better, more caring businesses come in to refresh Ukiah, bring in more services, the youth. So again, our young people, those under 18, people with families and have their kids here, things for the kids to do to keep them out of trouble, but not just things for them to do, activities that are fun, that are engaging, build a sense of community and develop their their own leadership and education and build them into better students and citizens. Lastly, our green space, which will hopefully mitigate climate change, will help higher resiliency and keep Ukiah beautiful. Keeping it green, in, uh, emphasis on our parks and recreation, because we have nine of them, but I think only a few of them are used in, in totality. Thank
1: you, Kelfi. Jim Brown. Thank you.
2: Well,
6: strong economic
2: growth, I think it's really important, as I mentioned in my opening statement, It it promotes a healthy community, strong public safety, sound infrastructure and um, recreational activities. Um, Affordable housing is right up there. Um, It's in my top three. And the reason I mention that is because I think it's paramount for job recruitment and job retention. Um, Nobody likes having to hire and then have somebody else, somebody move to another county for more money. If we can hire them and keep them here, we're doing a heck of a job. So affordable housing, annexation. I, I, I mentioned that earlier. I think that's vitally important, especially for Ukiah 20 years down the road. And then I got to throw in their number four, mental health. We need to address the mental health. And if we can address the mental health, it's going to help tremendously with the homelessness.
3: So those are my call.
1: Thank you, Jim Brown. Rose Roscoe.
3: Thank you. Um, uh, housing, uh, definitely. Uh, the, my three things is housing. Um, uh, quality of, of uh, life in the city of Ukiah and health and safety fairness for, for all. Um, for housing, support new housing, uh, construction, uh, and especially new affordable rentals and build on um, already uh, uh, properly zoned um, areas. Um, quality of life, support businesses for jobs to enhance our town and appreciate our clean air and healthy and friendly neighborhoods. Um, health and safety fairness, protect our water, groundwater wells, uh, our creeks, our rivers, the uh, part of valley diversion uh, project in Lake Mendocino, uh, and we all can work together in our neighborhoods to slow down traffic as well um, and support trails and paths for hikers and pedestrians and bicyclists.
1: Thank you, Juan Roscoe, Mari Roden. Um,
4: well, first would be complete streets and climate; they're interrelated. Our public streets need to be safe and accessible to users of all ages. Again, whether they're walking, cycling, or driving, especially in the face of climate change, when we need to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. So I want to work with staff and the community to, um, you know, to implement those kinds of changes. Homelessness. I support continuing to work with the county, as I said, and the homeless continuum of care to ensure that unhoused people, uh, individuals, get the supports they need to live. To enable them to live stably in permanent housing, um, and then of course housing, we talked about that. That's another top priority. And then the police chief, um, you know, because Ukiahans deserve a police force and a chief that they trust and respect. And we need a process for hiring our chief that's open and
1: transparent, which is what we're embarking on. Thanks. Thank you, Maria Roden. Uh, this next question is is very interesting. Um, Apparently, most of the traffic lights in town have devices that appear to be cameras. What restrictions, if any, would you propose or support on the use by our government, our city government of any photos or videos on these? Is there any controls on this? And we'll start with Calfee.
6: I am not knowledgeable on this particular matter. However, it does seem there's been in other cities that I've traveled to, there's less and less of the the camera, the the camera streetlights that occur. They're reducing them. So I guess that's something to consider. If other cities are reducing the use of them, what what does that serve the city of Ukiah to continue to have images? That's just a question I raise, not knowing myself. Yeah,
2: thank
6: you, Jim Brown.
2: Okay, thank you for the question. Yes, yeah, so um, the. Cameras on the traffic lights are for police use only. They do not um, register speeders or anything like that. The police use them whenever crimes have been committed and they go back to the dispatch and they run the tape and they can identify the vehicles who are leaving the area. So they are not used against the public. They are used to fight crime. And that's the specific and only use for the cameras.
1: Thank you. Ron Roscoe.
3: Uh, yes, that is my understanding. Um, uh, not only there, that's the, the, the sole purpose, but also records are not kept indefinitely. The records are uh, deleted um, once investigation is done, um, and um, they're not either um, open for the public. You know, these these uh, records are are um, protected.
1: Thank you, Marie Roden.
4: Well, so maybe the the part of the question that applies at this point is how do we feel? If, if would we want to have cameras? And I I have mixed views about it. I think, um, you know, if these these cameras that are up there now have a deterrent effect, I think that's a great thing. Maybe we shouldn't publicize the fact that we don't use them for that purpose. But um, so anyway, I, I I guess I have mixed feelings on the issue. But um, there are so many speeders in the city of Ukiah that. Um, If people believe that there are cameras up there, I I totally support support that as a way of controlling
5: speeding. Thank you, Susan Schur. Well, I I also have mixed feelings about it. From a civil libertarian perspective, I find it very troubling that we don't know when our photos are being taken when we're in our cars. But on the other hand, uh, on a different note, I've encountered four instances of Nazi graffiti on structures on the rail trail within the last two months. And I would be thrilled to get someone's photo of that. So at that point, I guess it depends on what the issue, I would say, screw civil liberties. I want these people now. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it's surprising that it seems like very few of us, maybe those on the council knew that. I don't know how many folks in the audience knew about that. I find it troubling that we haven't been informed that our photos may be taken when we're in our cars. And that, that, again, goes to the issue of transparency. And um, Rebuttal. Um, my
4: rebuttal, it just has to do with informing the public and that um, it's it's really difficult for the city to, I mean, often the city puts out press releases that don't get um, published and, or, um, you know, tries in, in the ways that it has, access to, to to get information out putting information on the website so it's um i don't i don't believe that that the city isn't transparent or isn't is trying to hide anything i think it's just very difficult to get the information
1: out to the public i'm Wendy Dewitt with the Mendocino Women's Political Coalition on behalf of MWPC AAUW and the Mendocino Voice we thank you for coming this evening and we encourage you to read, listen to our local radio programs, get to know the candidates, be involved, share information with your neighbors, and vote. Thank you for coming, and thank you to our candidates.
0: This has been an excerpt of the Ukiah City Council Candidates Forum from September 26, 2022. To watch the entire event, including discussion about local ballot measures, visit the YouTube page of the Mendocino Voice. Stay tuned to KZYX for more local election coverage. On Wednesday, October 19th at 9 a.m., Karen Audubonny and Annie Esposito will bring you their statewide ballot initiative special. And Sunday, October 23rd, will bring you live special coverage of the governor's debate between incumbent Gavin Newsom and challenger Republican State Senator Brian Dolly. You might also like to check out the League of Women Voters Candidates Forum for Fort Bragg City Council, a race featuring 11 candidates. That forum will take place at Fort Bragg Town Hall from 6 to 8.30 p.m. tomorrow, Friday, October 14th, and will be live streamed on the City of Fort Bragg's website and Facebook page. KZYX will air an excerpt of the Fort Bragg Forum on Thursday, October 27th at 3 p.m. For archives of all of our election coverage in one place, visit kzyx.org. I'm Alicia Bales. Thanks for listening.